Don't waste your time spending hours researching your fantasy baseball team when we do all the work for you. The experts at Roto Rants and Daily Roto help bring you the top fantasy baseball advice to win you loads of cash every day. Now, to give you the top fantasy baseball advice, here are your hosts, Max Kirschbloom and Braden Horn. Hello and welcome back to the Roto Help Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Max Kirschbloom, and joining me as always is my co-host, Braden Horn. Braden, how are you doing? I'm doing great. This weather's kind of crazy, but other than that, we've been having some success for DFS, so I'm just going to stay inside and just keep making money. Stay safe over there. It's uh, it's really scary what's going on there, so uh, Braden, all our uh, prayers are out there with everyone in Iowa. But uh, guys, yeah, in DFS, again, we've been having uh, some great great outcomes over the last few weeks and uh, we hope you've been listening and cashing in um, and guys for those who listened on Sunday thank you so much for tuning into our live show and for those that didn't guys make sure that every Sunday we're going to be going live giving you guys top fantasy lineups and going through every single matchup of Sunday's games to give you guys some unbelievable DFS plays so make sure to check it out next Sunday and uh, let's get a quick run through of what we're going to do today first we're going to start with some quick hits some interesting things that are going around a league uh, then we're going to go on to our top five most underrated players for the year each of us me and Braden are going to be giving our top five most underrated players after that we're going to be having fantasy Moses on from the fantasy baseball insider podcast really a genius within the fantasy industry Can can't wait to have him on. We're going to be talking about oldies but goodies with him. And then after that, we're going to be going on to the draft pot corner, talking about great lineups for fan mode and GM mode for tomorrow's games. All right, Brian, let's go on to quick hits. And just to start off right now, Braden, we're going to be talking about him later in the show, but Albert Pujols has just been insane lately. And just something interesting that I saw on ESPN today, since May 28th, he has 15 home runs. That's more home runs than the entire Braves, Mariners, and Indians teams have hit since then. Uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, one guy is outproducing an entire team in terms of home runs over the last month. Uh, Albert Pujols has been really good this year. And again, we're going to be talking about it later in the show with Fantasy Moses. But uh, other quick hits. Let, let's go at him, Braden. Well, just on the, the Pujols thing, I, I don't think you're aware, and you just might not have seen the commercial, but Albert Pujols is a machine. And I think the machine is all tuned up. And he's just absolutely ready to go. It's unbelievable what he's doing. And, I, I, I mean, he's getting up there in age, but he's still producing. And I, I kind of want to jump into what I talked about. So what is about our second podcast, third podcast, I believe, if you recall, Max and the listeners, I said I think Chris Bryant is a Mike Trout Jr. And here's the quick hits on that. Mike Trout has 71 games, 302 plate appearances. 53 runs, 18 home runs, 41 RBIs, 8 stolen bases, 300 batting average, and a 384 on-base percentage. Chris Bryant has 60 games, which is 11 less, 268 plate appearances, 40 runs, 10 home runs, 42 RBIs, 5 stolen bases, a 282 batting average, and the exact same on-base percentage, 384. I think Chris Bryant will give Mike Trout a run for his money. I'm going to go out on a limb. If he stays healthy, Chris Bryant is this year's Rookie of the Year for the National League. Yeah, I, I 
couldn't agree with you more. Definitely rookie of the year. And uh, I got to say, I'm I'm a bit surprised that he's putting up as good a numbers as he is, really getting up there with Mike Trout in terms of RBI steals, batting average on base percentage. His home runs are a little lower, but um, Chris Bryant started off really slow. So those home runs are going to come. And uh, everything else is really just very impressive with Chris Bryant. I got to give you that. And um, guys, another quick hit. We, I really hope you listen to us because we talked. We actually talked about it on two separate podcasts, Braden, where we were talking about that Michael Franco is a guy you have to pick up right now, and a guy if if he's on someone's roster, trade for him at his lowest point because he's going to break out at any second. And just just so people understand, nobody has a better batting average in the month of June than Michael Franco. He's got a four oh five average and fourteen extra base hits in seventy nine at bats, and. Uh, Sorry for you, Braden, but man, did he destroy the Yankees last night. I think he's going to destroy the Yankees again tonight. It's going CC's, against CeCe? Yes. CeCe, oh Sabathia. Vegas had Michael Pineda uh, just dominating yesterday. They also have Sabathia dominating tonight. So I think probably the thing to do would be stack the Phillies. But I still think the Yankees are going to win. Uh, obviously, I can't go against them. But I think Franco... Ugh, He's in pretty much a lot of my lineup, especially on Victive. So, yeah, he is a Yankee killer. And and kind of another one, just a little quick hit that I, I'm confused about. I am not a Hall of Famer like Paul Molitor. I am not a Hall of Famer. I'm not even a baseball player for the major leagues. But Byron Buxton, he just led off yesterday. He, I mean, all he did was go three for five with a double. What do they do? He's in the nine hole. I do not understand this move. We'll see how it pays off. But, I mean... He dominated. He did um, probably his best game in the majors going off the leadoff roll. I do not know why we put it. he put him down at the bottom. Yeah, the only thing I could assume is that because it was a lefty going yesterday and John Danks, then that's why they had uh, they had Buxton up there at the leadoff hole. Um, but even so, I mean, just in, in terms of season-long fantasy or in daily, when you see a lefty going against the Twins, Byron Buxton may be batting leadoff. He's going to be a really interesting guy to get. Um and I think soon enough he's going to be at the leadoff spot. I agree with you. It's a little crazy that um, he's not I, – I don't know if it's a little crazy that he's not there yet, but if he's already producing there, why not keep him there? I, I, I agree with you. And one more quick hit. Uh, guys, in the month of June, no one has struck out more than Joey Gallo. In his, and not only that, in his last 23 at-bats, he has just two hits. And like I said in the past, when we, when we talked about when Joey Gallo was called up, he's got great power and he's got great potential. But we gotta wait for it to work itself out. He's gotta, he's gotta get, he's gotta learn how to hit in the major leagues. And this has always been a problem of his. Of his. He's always gonna be a strikeout bat. He's never gonna hit for a high average. And um, so you gotta wait for it to work out. Um, I, I think at this point we were talking about it that he's probably gonna go back down to the minors. But I think right now he might actually stay in the majors even when Beltre comes back because the Rangers are making a playoff run of late. So they're gonna need his power bat. Um, and then, I mean, just the other day when he hit a home run off Kershaw, that's pretty impressive. Um, but even so, he's not at the fantasy value that everyone's going to want him to be this year. But in a few years, Joey Gallo is going to be a nice power bat to get. I, yeah, I think going to give him a couple years. He needs to work on a swing. He needs to work on the strikeouts. Like I said in the beginning, uh, I think when he first got called up, we had a podcast that day or the day after. I said he reminded me of a Gary Sheffield. He'll swing for the fence. When he connects, he connects. But when he misses, he absolutely looks terrible. Too many strikeouts that really has to go. I would not be surprised if they end up do sending him down to work on his mechanics and his swing. Um, but, I mean, if you can take down Clayton Kershaw, I think you can have a pretty good uh, showing as a rookie. 
And guys, the DFS industry is booming and new websites are coming out all the time. Some sites take on the exact same rules and settings as other sites, while others decide to change up the industry in a good way. DraftPot.com is doing exactly that. They're giving their the users the ability to draft the way they want. Great cash payouts with an awesome user-friendly interface makes this site a contender as one of the top new DFS sites out there. Go to DraftPot.com right now. Use our promo code RotoRants to get four free dollars. Win you some money tonight. Yeah, DraftPot.com, unbelievable website to play on. And guys, for anyone who's not familiar with DraftPot.com, just last week we put out a great review with Joey Levy, the CEO from DraftPot.com. He talked about all the different updates, all the different tournaments, and all the different sports that they have on DraftPot.com. So make sure to check it out. It's at the end of the episode of last week. And uh, you guys are just going to fall in love with DraftPot.com. Again, sign up today at DraftPot.com with promo code RotoRant to get four free dollars when you sign up. All right, Brandon, now we're going to go on to uh, top five most underrated players so far this year. Um, there, there are a lot of guys that we could choose from, obviously. But um, we're, we're just going to go with five that we feel are really underrated. And, Brandon, wh- why don't you roll off for us three right now? Your number five, your number four, and number three, and why each of them are ranked in that order. All right, so number five, Francisco Cervelli. He's played 54 games. He has a 308 batting average, two home runs. A 9.2% a walk rate, but a 19.8% K rate. This guy was on the Yankees. I've seen him come up. He has a lot of fire. He has a lot of passion for the game, but he's not always the best hitter. He's batting 308. He's really saved the backstop for the Pirates. Everyone thought once Russell Martin jumped ship, they were going to be pretty short at, uh, at catcher. And I, I mean, I like Cervelli. He, he's got a lot of passion. He plays the game right. He plays it hard. That's why he's my number five. My number four, Xander Bogarts. He's, I mean, he's one of the lone bright spots on a Red Sox team that is just absolutely struggling. He's batting up there. I mean, there's only one other guy on the Red Sox that's batting higher than him right now, 307. I don't even think he had a starting spot at the beginning of the year. It's just these Red Sox, they're struggling, but he doesn't get the recognition I think he should. And number three, Jason Kipnis. He has 94 hits and 272 at-bats, a 47 runs, five home runs, three, 30 RBIs. He has 10 stolen bases, a 346 batting average, and a 422 on-base percentage. He's ranked 17th on Yahoo. He's only 95% owned, and you do not hear his name a lot because he's on the Indians and they are struggling this year. That is my top three right now, Max. Yeah, those are all really interesting ones. I couldn't agree with you more, especially Xander Bogarts. He's been really interesting, and at a slim shortstop position, he's a really interesting guy to get. I really like Xander Bogarts. Uh, I'm going to go with my five, four, and three. Number five, I'm going to start with uh, Braden, your very own Dylan Batances. I mean, people thought this guy was not was not going to be so valuable because he wasn't going to be the closer at the beginning of the year because Andrew Miller was the closer, and. You know what? He's still been extremely valuable, and he's ranked in the top 70 players in fantasy, according to CBS. Not not pitchers, players. Okay, I mean, 0.26 ERA so far in the year. That's unheard of. This guy, this is a guy who struck out 120 batters last year. He's already got 57 and 35 innings this year. And whatever role he's in, he's going to be a beast. He's got four wins. He's got four saves also. And now that Miller is out, he's ranked higher than Aroldis Chapman, Glenn Perkins, Drew Storen, and... Corey Kluber. I mean, th- this guy has just been unbelievable. One of the most underrated players in fantasy to me. After that, I'm going to stay within the AL East. And I'm going to go with Kevin Pillar. I got to be honest, 
I overlooked him as well. I mean, I think a lot of people did coming into the year. They didn't think he's going to be so valuable. And when you looked at the, the at the beginning of the year, when they had um, Jose Batista and Dalton Pompey and other outfielders, you didn't think that Kevin Pillar was really going to stay there, especially when Michael Saunders came back. But Michael Saunders got hurt. Dalton Pompey wasn't playing well. And Pillar's been amazing. And guys, he was amazing in the minors as well. So this really shouldn't come as a surprise. He has a career 323 average in the minors, tons of stolen bases. He's got a bit of pop as well. He's a great fielder. So you know, he's going to stay in the lineup and he plays in an amazing hitters park where he's also, he's got a team filled with stars, Edwin Encarnacion, Jose Batista, Josh Donaldson, who either will hit him in or he could hit them in. And not only that, in June, he's batting 394 with four home runs. And he's also ranked in the top 70 players in all of fantasy. Guys, if you need some speed and you need some decent average, he's definitely your guy. I really like him. And my number three guy, Brayden, I, I know this is going to be tough for you to hear again because I'm sure if you watched it, you were going crazy. But J.D. Martinez, that three home run game the other day, that was just incredible. He smacked one to deep left center. He also hit one to left. And then he, he just like flicked one to right field for over 420 feet. This guy has unbelievable power. And everyone thought that last year was a fluke, right? He came out of nowhere, batted in 441 at-bats. He had a 315 average and 23 home runs. And people thought maybe he'd get to 23 over the whole course of this season. Well, he's on pace for 37 home runs and 95 RBIs. So, guys, it's time we take this guy for what he is. He's a top source of power, and he's ranked higher this year than Jock Peterson, Chris Bryant, and Jose Abreu. So those are my 5, 4, and 3 in terms of fantasy. Um, Brandon, let's get uh, – actually, you know, I just have a question for you on my number 5 guy, Dallin Batances. You know, he's been crazy good and unbelievable in the closing role. Also, when Andrew Miller comes back, what do you think the Yankees are going to do? Do they just put Batances back in the setup role? I would – I guess – I haven't heard much. There's not been many rumblings. Uh, Girardi won't really say much. I think he'll stay there. Miller will go to the 7th, 7th, 8th. I think he'll go to the 8th um, to, to just kind of gauge if his arm's ready to go. And if it is, I think they flip-flop again. Both are great. You can't lose on either of them. Um, I'm really struggling for holds in my year-long league. So, Girardi, I know you probably listen to us. I need Batances back in the eighth inning setup role, please. But I think that's exactly what happens, Max. I think um, I think it gives time, but eventually I think Miller. He was just too good to not have. And they've both been really good. That's the only problem. So I, I think it goes back to what it was, but it might change up a little bit. I'm going to go with number two, Max, and then I'm going to give you number. You give me number two, and then I'll go one, you go one. Number two, Brad Ziegler. 31 games this year, 10 saves. 30 innings pitched, 450K per nine, 0.60 home run per nine. He leaves 87.8% of batters on base, and he has a 150 ERA. A side note, as of last night, he had just made his 500th appearance in the major since 2008, and that puts him in some elite company. He is my number two, and you really just do not hear his name at all in the fantasy realm. Who you got for number two, Max? Yeah, well, uh, Brad Ziegler is a really interesting player. Um, he doesn't really strike out a lot of batters, but he gets the job done, 1-5 ERA. And also, guys, anyone who's been paying attention, Addison Reed was sent down to the minors. So uh, he's not going to be uh, taking away Brad Ziegler's saves anytime soon. I uh, like that one. Number two for me is Jason Hamill. Now, this one's just amazing to me. Guys, Hamill started his career in Tampa, which is known for developing pitchers. I mean, look at all the pitchers they've had. They've developed all of them. And he had a 6 ERA over three years. All right? Then he continued, went on to 
the Rockies, and in Coors, he got crushed, not surprisingly. And then he went to uh, he went to the Orioles, and in his first year, he, showed it, he had a pretty good season, 3.4 ERA, then he was awful again. And then he went to the Cubs in 2014, a rebuilding, not good team with a Bad hitters, uh, bad pitcher's park, really a hitter's park. And there, in 108 innings, he had a 2.980 ERA and 104 strikeouts in 108 innings. And th- then after that, he goes to Oakland, which is an amazing pitcher's park, and was awful. It- it's very strange, but now he's back in Chicago, and he's amazing again. He's got a 2.89 ERA and 86 strikeouts in the 84 innings. And, I mean, guys, I think it's clear he's just comfortable pitching for Chicago. And if over the last two years, if we combine Hamill's numbers – um, in Chicago from last year and this year, we're looking at over 192 innings, 190 strikeouts, and a 2.94 ERA. That's an elite starter right there, SP1 numbers from Jason Hamill. So he's really one of the most underrated players to me, and he's ranked as the 16th best starting pitcher so far this year, right behind Bumgarner and Kershaw. So this is a guy I think is way underrated in every single format, daily, season-long, any anywhere you play. This guy is really underrated for me. And Brandon, let's go on to our number one most underrated players in fantasy this season. All right, my number one, we've already talked about him, Michael Franco. 44 hits and 141 at-bats, 9 home runs, 24 RBIs. He's, he does have one stolen base. He is batting 312 and a 353 on-base percentage. I think a lot of people are going to be just finally getting on him. getting Stash him on your bench if you can, like we said. He, he might not be owed, but this guy has seemingly come out of nowhere. Uh, I've had him since. They called him up. We've talked about him. I told you guys. We both told you guys. I think we should pick him up soon, and he is my number one underrated guy this year. Max, let's hear your number one. Yeah, uh, I love Michael Franco, and my number one is a guy that, um, I, you know what, I, I don't really remember talking about him so much on the show. I think I talk about him in terms of daily plays a lot, um, but a guy that I have on my all my season-long teams, I absolutely love, picked him as a sleeper for this year, and uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you to him for proving me right, and that's Lorenzo Cain. Guys, in the last 463 at-bats, dating back to last season, he has a 305 average, 75 runs, and 28 stolen bases. Now, generally, people like Lorenzo Cain who play every single day, they get around 600 at-bats for a whole season. He doesn't miss very many games. So if we were to take those numbers that we talked about over the, over the last 463 at-bats, we put it over 600 at-bats, we're talking about Lorenzo Cain having a 305 average, 97 runs, 36 stolen bases, and 10 home runs. I mean, that's unbelievable right there also you add that he's batting third for a top team in the Royals right now he's bat he's ranked 36th in fantasy and 11th in outfielders so I mean if we were talking about early in the season who was ranked higher okay we're looking at guys Andrew McCutcheon George Springer Ryan Braun Adam Jones all of them are ranked lower than Lorenzo Cain Lorenzo Cain is one of the most underrated players in baseball not, not just fantasy, but in terms of baseball also, for everything that he does in terms of le- leadership, defense, anything. This, this guy is unbelievable and my number one most underrated player for this season. All right, we'd now like to welcome onto the show the Fantasy Moses from the Fantasy Baseball Insider Podcast. Uh, Fantasy Moses, thank you so much for coming on. A lot, guys. I appreciate you me on and uh, congratulations on the pod and getting it all started, getting it going. I know it started. Uh, it was a handful to get it going, so I know exactly what you went through, exactly what you're going through, and congratulations on that. 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, and thankfully, uh, we have a great listener fan base who uh, they're all going to be listening to you now. So uh, let, let's get going right away. You know, there's no, no need to waste any time. And, um, you know, what we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about oldies but goodies. These guys who are a little older, have had a lot of experience in, uh, in the league, and all of a sudden either are coming back to their to their roots and really playing like they were when they were younger, or maybe this is just a, a nice stretch in the beginning of the season. And we'll start with Albert Pujols. We talked about him earlier in the show. And uh, one thing that I brought up is that since May 28th, I mean, this is really insane. He has 15 home runs, which is more home runs than the Mariners, Indians. And I mean, that, that's more home runs than all of them that they've had throughout their entire team. It's really incredible. He's now on pace for 52 home runs. What's your view on Albert Pujols for right now and for the rest of the season? Well, I don't really foresee him uh, going for 52, but, you know, congratulations to Albert Pujols because when we came into the season, I was hands-off with Albert Pujols. I just simply wasn't buying in with all the injuries, plus you factor in the age, uh, plus the other injuries around uh, the lineup that he had coming in the end, most notably with Josh Hamilton and a couple others as well. But uh, going forward, I mean, how do you possibly not like this guy? You know, I mean, 23 homers, 47 RBIs currently right now. But if you look over the last 30 days, he's the number one rank, ranked player in fantasy baseball. So uh, going forward, if you're not interested and don't believe in the number one ranked fantasy player, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, if, if you don't believe in him, it's time to start believing in him for sure. I absolutely agree. I mean, he, this is a guy who has a 316 lifetime batting average. Yes, he's in the de- decline of his years. He's batting 275 right now. But for his age, his production, I'm not going to say he's going to go 50-plus home runs, but already 23, almost halfway through the season. There's no reason he doesn't hit 40, 45. He was on the decline once he went to the Angels, but it, this year just seems like a little resurgence. I'm pretty excited to see what he can do the rest of the year. Yeah, I really like Albert Pujols as well. I don't know. I don't know necessarily if I'd say forty forty five. I think maybe I'll say around thirty thirty five, which maybe for the rest of the year is not so much. But even then, he's going to get you a lot of RBIs. He's got some great guys hitting in front of him, uh, so you know he's going to have the RBI opportunities. And he's one of the top first basemen out there. And like Braden said, the average is not going to be where it used to be, where he was a at one year batting three fifty seven and batting three hundred every single year. It's now going to be more around the two seventy to two eighty range. But when you're getting thirty five home runs with that that's some top level production right there we're going to move on to another first baseman now and you know it's yet another injury for him Mark Teixeira he's he's injured with a neck injury and you know Girardi doesn't think he's going to need a DL stint but we'll just see he's out for the second straight day today and uh, he's been a great source of power he's got 18 home runs which is tied for third in the AL with Mike Trout and he's fourth in the league in RBIs. so Fantasy Moses what's your view on Mark Teixeira for the rest of the season? Uh, it's probably not quite as, uh, as what I like on, on Albert Pujols, but uh, I mean, he played over the weekend, so uh, I'm not too concerned about this neck. Give him a couple of days off, and generally, I'm, I'm of the. I mean, with my, the owner, with guys I own, especially when you get to age 35, like Pujols and Tajira, I actually kind of like when they take a couple of days off during the season. I know you want to get them in there every single day and have as many as bats as, as you possibly can, but uh, you know, the older they get, the, the you know, the harder they fall. So, uh, but you know how that goes anyway. So, uh, but that's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm not really that concerned at all with the neck. I haven't heard anything about any DL or anything like that, but with his injury past and his injury history in the past, you know, obviously it's something you want to take into account, especially the age as well, but I'm fine with Tazira going forward as well. 18 homers, 49 RBIs, and especially like the batting average. I mean, it's 251, but for Tazira, that's actually pretty good. You know, you were probably concerned with him coming in that it was going to be, 
you know, a 200 type season or uh, completely fall off the cliff, but uh, he hasn't. So, uh, you know, I, I, coming in, I wasn't very happy or very uh, uh, one type of person that was uh, chasing down Mark Tejera, but uh, at this point in time, similar to Pujols, I have absolutely no problems with Tejera going forward. Yeah, Max, uh, it's it's more of like a stiff neck that they're talking about. It doesn't seem to be injured, maybe just stiff. I mean, I get stiff necks all the time. I'm not a Major League <laughs> Baseball player, though. But what I'm saying is, uh, you got to remember, last year, he was coming back off the injury. 2013, he only played in 15 games. He had a wrist injury. He had surgery. Last year, he came back towards the beginning of the season. He hurt his hamstring. Yeah, he's injury prone. You could kind of tell in his at-bats, just looking at his eyes and how he had grimaced, he wasn't sure how to swing the bat with that wrist. He did not want to re-injure it. This year, it looks completely different. He's a different person altogether. It's a guy who has a 273 batting average. And yeah, 2013, in the, the, the short amount of games, he had a 151 batting average. All of last year in 123 games, a 216 batting average. So you can take this 251. He was on the uh, waiver wire up until, I think, week four on my year-long league. I took him, and he's been sl- slotted straight in the utility spot the entire time with Edwin Encarnacion. I just think it's a couple days. I would not foresee him. I, if all else fails, he sits out for this week. Garrett Jones goes in. He comes back for the weekend. I think everything's good with him to share it. And these guys, both these guys, Pulse and Tejera, have been monsters, especially lately in the DFS game as well. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing for me. In terms of when we're talking about, obviously, they're season-long, but when we're going to DFS, I mean, Albert Pujols seems like a likely player to play in almost every single matchup right now. I mean, in DFS, when you got the hot hand, you ride with the hot hand. And Mark Teixeira, when he comes back and he's playing in Yankee Stadium going against a righty, I mean, there's no denying the value there. So uh, I agree with you. Um, in terms of Mark Teixeira for the rest of the season, I don't know if I'm necessarily as high on him. I think the average is too high right now, so that's going to come down. Power production right. obviously is there, um, but I, I, I don't know. It's just it's very scary with me getting an injury-prone player who's 35 years old, and, I mean, it, it's, it's just very scary for me. So Mark Teixeira, I'd probably hold off on him, but uh, definitely an interesting source of power if you need it. After that, we're, we're not going to move far. We're going to stay on the same team and – a guy who's been playing DH for most of the season is A-Rod. And, you know, Fantasy Moses, a, a lot of fantasy experts within the industry, they felt that he would definitely have some value coming back playing DH for the Yankees, but no one thought he'd be a top 50 player in fantasy like he is this season. So, I mean, what do you think is going to go on with him for the rest of the year? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I was one of those guys. He's currently sitting 44. I didn't trust him at all. I own him absolutely nowhere. He had an overrank of 274 coming in, so that'll give you an idea of where his value lied and uh, probably off the waiver wire, a lot of people had him. Actually, I mean, with a big name like that, he usually, uh, depending on how deep your league is, probably got swiped up somewhere in the back end of the game. But uh, still an O-rank of 274. That's basically waiver wire material right there. But uh, I owned him nowhere either. I didn't trust him one bit. I think the biggest concern that I had was how the Yankees were going to treat him. You know, I think I, I mean, I didn't think Alex Rodriguez was going to hit the way that he has, especially the average at 281 right now. Uh, but I think I'm the only person left on the planet that actually likes Alex Rodriguez. But uh, again, going forward, I mean, he, he's done it to this point. I don't see why he can't keep it going. Maybe not at this level the rest of the season, but certainly at a fantasy relevant level. Alex Rodriguez can play on my teams any day. Yeah, just being a Yankee fan, knowing that they were going to try to just get rid of his contract. You didn't know what was going on. Everyone was down on him. He's had an absolutely amazing first half of the season. And it looks like, I think the only way he plays the field is if there's a horrific injury, which, God forbid, I hope there's not. But um, DH, it's all his. 
and it, you can kind of tell that the Yankees front office they're 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 liking him that because he's bringing them that attention that the good attention I guess uh, he three thousand hit was a home run his next at bat or three thousand one hit was another home run and just as of today Hal Steinbrenner put his top executives out there to. Uh, negotiate with the guy who caught his 3,000th ball. So it kind of shows you that I think the ice is broke and they're ready to go as long as he stays healthy and, God forbid, something else pops up that shows that he took more steroids. I think he's pretty relevant, and you could probably trade him or trade for him. At this moment, though, you're going to be paying a high price for someone who's that old. Did you guys see the story on the kid that caught that 3,000th ball? Yeah, I, he, I he writes books, yeah, and it's yeah. like his, he claims 8000 and he does a bunch of stuff for charity. So I'm kind of hoping the Yankees will pay a certain amount. A-Rod will match it, double it, whatever. Half goes to charity, half goes to him. If not, all goes to charity. He says he's not coming off the ball. That it actually means as much to him as it does to the Hall of Fame or Alex Rodriguez or whoever, which is hard to believe, but 8,000 foul balls this kid has, has gathered up in his career. That's pretty impressive you know. because you know I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, I went to the ballpark. I mean, he's not a kid. He's a, he's a grown man now, but he's been doing it since he was a kid. That was like the dream, you know, to catch a foul ball. This guy's out there catching Barry Bonds' record, foul balls, home runs, Alex Rodriguez' record, home runs. I don't know how he happens to be in the right place at the right time, but I'd like to take some notes from that kid. Yeah, he, there may be some uh, conspiracy theory going on where he's talking to the players before and saying, uh, hit, hit your shot over here, uh, I'm going to be right there. But, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> insane. I mean, I haven't caught a single ball going to any games. Um, I don't know if you guys saw a very interesting Sports Illustrated uh, article at the end of the uh, magazine. They had this interesting article saying that uh, – um, the, the contract that basically for Alex Rodriguez, all these different milestones that he hits, he's going to be getting $6 million extra in his right. contract. So what the guy was saying is he said, why not just give the $6 million to charity? It's going to be looking great for the Yankees and looking great for A-Rod. I think it's a definite thing that they should do. It's going to be a very nice story to see. And Fantasy Moses, I agree with you. I, I You know what? You're not one of the only people I I really like Alex Rodriguez. I kind of feel bad for the guy. He had a rough upbringing. He's got he's got a really interesting story. And yeah, he made a few mistakes, but I actually kind of like him. I, I I think he's a good guy. But guys, in terms of fantasy, let's get back to that. What's not to like from this guy? I mean, he bets in a power slot of a great lineup in an amazing hitter's park. He plays DH, which keeps himself healthy. Healthy, and he's produced all season long. There's no outliers from either his walk rate and his strikeout rate around right what it's been for the last few years and his career so to me this is for sure sustainable barring any injury i i really like him i think he's a great hitter the we- the rest of the way through I-, I i really like alex rodriguez and uh those are some hitters that we were talking about now we're going to go on to some pitchers and you know what the first one is dan Heron. you know what dan Heron? i'm going to read his era over the last four years 4.33 4.67 4.02 and now all of a sudden this year he's got a 3.19 and he's got an 86-mile-per-hour fastball. That's the fastest pitch he's going to throw at you. So uh, not really so scary, but he's really been producing. He's been a really good pitcher so far this year. And uh, Fancy Most, what do you think of Dan Heron? Yeah, I mean, one one reason why he's been successful is the ballpark that he's pitching in. So it's a nice uh, spot for him. 34 years of age, uh, you know, so he's a veteran. He's been around. He knows how to get the job done. Uh, but the ballpark factor, I think, is what keeps me uh, interested at all in Dan Heron, to be honest with you. But I always like to look when it comes to pitchers, especially uh, pitchers that have been so up and down like Dan Heron ha- has in the past, you, you usually kind of lose trust in them. 
you know, when, when they start to get a little bit older in age and then they start to struggle and have a couple bad seasons, uh, you know, you tend to t- go young pitching. That's what I usually do. I, I think I'd rather look for, you know, a young guy off the waiver wire or, or, or a young guy, you know, that's, that's pitching well that, that wasn't a, a big factor early in the season over a guy like Dan Heron. Because if you look at the last couple starts, there's nothing that's really been that impressive. The whole body of work is pretty solid at uh, ERA 3.19, a whip right at one. That's pretty impressive. Uh, I mean, the K rate is something that I always look at for pitchers as well, and Dan Heron's not going to do you any favors there. 64 Ks over 87 and a third. The whole body of work has been impressive, but he really hasn't had any standout starts. The, the last really standout start he had was May 23rd, and he only goes six innings in that game, which is going to be a problem as well, getting deeper into games. But, I mean, he hasn't gotten bombed. But he gives up two runs in six and a third, three runs in six, two runs in seven. So when you get a game like that, unless he comes out of there with the win, which he has two out of the last five times since that outing that he had, but unless he comes out of there with the win, it's really not that impressive of a start, to be honest with you. So uh, going forward, I mean, again, Darren Heron, you have to look at the whole body of work. And he's somebody that I would I would have on my rosters as a back end pitcher, uh, but nobody that I'm going to chase down and really expect that much out of going forward. Yeah, you know, the whip is at where it's at because the guy just doesn't walk many batters. He's only got 18 walks so far this year. And uh, just like you talked about at home, he's got a 2.32 ERA so far at home. So that's definitely where the value is coming from as opposed to on the way where it's over four. Uh, you know, the thing with him is that he's he's a fly ball pitcher. So And his fly ball percentage is one of the highest it's been throughout his career at almost 50%. But he's doing that purposely because he's playing in Miami, one of the best pitchers parks and most spacious parks in the league. Um, but, I mean, when you throw an 86-mile-per-hour pitch as your fastest pitch and everything right, is right. around 82 miles per hour, you're going to see a lot of home runs. And that's what we've seen. He's given up 14 home runs this year. So, I mean, in terms of – I actually kind of like him better in daily – then season long, if you see him going in the daily format, he's playing at home against, I don't know, maybe a team like uh, like the Phillies, where, I mean, I mean the other day they destroyed uh, Brains Yankees, but in general, the Phillies are not a good offensive team. That's something that I'd roll out there. He's got a cheap price, but in season long, I, I think he's an interesting fifth starter in fantasy, but other than that, I, I don't really see him being that that valuable. I see him more at around a 3.7, 3.8. I mean, also, his FIP is at 4.5. So, I mean, just in terms of that, the ERA is, in, is bound to come up. So right. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Dan Heron for the rest of the year. After that, we have one more pitcher that we're going to talk about. And just like Heron, uh, Jimenez is a guy who has had over four ERAs throughout his career uh, over the last few seasons, especially. And um, he's also a guy who's been losing velocity on his pitches as well. But he's come back and he's had a great year so far this year. He's got three two seven ERA. So, I mean... What's going on with Ubaldo Jimenez? Do you think he could sustain this? Well, you know, actually, I, I would prefer him and Jimenez over Dan Heron. I will say that. And it's funny because all the things we just talked about, Dan Heron, they don't apply to Jimenez. They're actually the opposite. The ballpark that he pitches in really isn't conducive to pitchers. His, his whip, and that's a key number that I always look at when it comes to pitchers, is the whip. Strikeouts and the whips. Those are, those are the two key numbers before you get into the advanced stats. Obviously, there are some advanced stats that you can look at uh, that I would probably trust more than those numbers. But with your basic, you know, 5x5 five five or 6x6 six six leagues that we're playing in, those, those are the two key stats for pitchers. He's, his whip's actually 1.28, uh, so not as impressive as Dan Heron. Uh, but the thing that I like about him, and as first of all, he's younger than Dan Heron. He's 31. Uh, and the strikeout rate, you know, he's right at a K per inning, 74 strikeouts over 74 and a third. And that's a good indication that things are going well. And if I look at what he's done over his last nine or so starts, 10 starts or so, 
He, he's another one that has not gotten rocked at all, and he gets deeper into games as well. I'd be more inclined to back a pitcher, uh, even though he has a little bit higher ERA, uh, his whip is, is higher, uh, but he plays for a, and the ballpark factor you don't like, but he plays for a team uh, that I think has a better chance of getting you a win uh, for the Baltimore Orioles rather than the Miami Marlins. For sure. Uh, and, you know, he goes deeper into games, and I think that's very important too. You've got to give yourself a chance. Uh, to let your team win you the game. Uh, and if you look at the numbers over the last nine starts, I mean, he had a couple games where he gave up four earned runs, but they basically all have been one earned run, two earned runs, three earned runs, and he's kind of getting a little bit deeper into games. So uh, both these guys, I think, right on the same level as far as value goes, uh, but I would trust Jimenez going forward more so than Dan Heron. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of age. And, I mean, he also throws faster than 86 miles per hour, which I like. So I, I would definitely go with Ubaldo Jimenez over Dan Heron. I'll be honest with you, both these guys, probably uh, not a big fan of either one of them. Yeah, no, I, that, that's what I was going to get at. Because, you know, with Yubato Jimenez, throughout his career, he has a career 4.11 walk to 9 rate. I mean, that's, that's awful. And now this year, he's got a 2.91, which is a clear outlier. He's never done that ever throughout his career. So that's what's keeping his ERA and his whip down. I mean, you say 1.28, how is that really keeping his whip down? But really, this is a guy who could have a 1.35, 1.4 whip. So it really is keeping his whip down. I'm really not a fan of Ubaldo Jimenez. And, you know, also his FIP and his ex-FIP, the, the thing is, is that it's actually showing that his ERA is kind of sustainable, which is pretty crazy. But we're already starting to see the control is going away, right? In June, he's got a 3.97 walk to 9, where in May, it was only at 1.8. So, I mean, that's, that's why his numbers are so low. We're already starting to see the walks piling up. He's got 10 already this month. So for me... You know, with the numbers that he has right now, I'd trade him. I, I'd see what I could get. i see if I could get a nice bat in return uh, because I think this is just time that he's going to start piling up those walks. And we might even see the Yubaldo Jimenez of the past few years. Maybe not as bad as last year. Uh, I, I don't think that. But somewhere around a 3.8 ERA at the end of the year with close to a 1-3 whip, that's not valuable for me. And I think I would look right. to trade him for a bat. See, I can give you a couple names that I would actually trust even more so than Heron and Jimenez. Adam Warren is starting to pitch pretty well uh, for the New York Yankees, and uh, his ownership percentage is just 13% right now. So I think uh, you would have an opportunity to actually acquire him uh, in several leagues. And Jaime Garcia for the St. Louis Cardinals, who uh, struggled with some major injuries throughout his career, uh, but he's back and pitching great, has a great team backing him as well uh, through what I want to say six starts. Uh, ERA at 1.76, not a big strikeout guy at all, uh, but I like the peripherals for sure. And those are a couple guys that I would actually trust going forward uh, more so than Jimenez and Dan Aaron. Oh, yeah, for sure. I really like Adam Warren. I mean, just looking at his game logs right here, we got two and runs, three and runs, two and runs, one, two, two, three, two. I mean, when the guy's not giving up more than three and runs in the last eight starts, I mean, that, that's pretty impressive. I, I agree with you. He's he's in the prime of his career, 27 years old, pitching for a good team. The Yankees are winning ballgames. Uh, in terms of DFS, I think I would uh, stay away from Adam Warren generally at home. I mean, playing in New York Yankees Stadium is a, is a questionable thing. But you know what? Actually, that's not that's not even so true because when you look at his numbers, his splits, he's got a 4.91 ERA away and 2.21 ERA at home. So I mean, this is a guy that's been really interesting. Uh, clearly, he's got he's got good stuff. He could strike out some batters as well. He won't be a, a nine nine strikeout guy, but I mean, to get five six strikeouts from this guy is definitely reasonable. And uh, I agree with you. I like Adam Warren over Ubaldo Jimenez for the rest of the season. Yeah, fantasy Moses, thank you so much for coming on. It was really awesome to talk fantasy baseball with you, and uh, can't wait to have you on later in later in the year. 
Absolutely, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time out uh, and sticking with me. I know we had some technical difficulties earlier and we had a mix-up. I think I was supposed to be on the show, I want to say, a couple of weeks ago. And we, there was a mix-up. It was probably more my fault. Uh, so I apologize about that. Uh, but definitely appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on, guys. Good luck with the show, man. I know it's been going on. I've been kind of sneaking around, uh, keeping my eye on you guys. So uh, wishing the best of luck there. Uh, hope things go well and stick at it, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much, and uh, really thank you so much for coming on, giving us some words of wisdom for both us and our listeners out there. And, uh, guys, make sure to look out for the Fantasy Baseball Insider Podcast. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at Roto Baseball Pod, Unbelievable Baseball Podcast with Josh Hayes, who we've had on before as well. So, uh, Fantasy Moses, thank you again. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Take care, man. All right, peace. Again, we just want to thank Fantasy Moses for coming on to the show. It's really great to have him. He's really just an expert within the industry. And uh, make sure to check out their podcast, Fantasy Baseball Insider. Great podcast as well. All right, Brian, now we're going to be going out to the DraftPot Corner, draftpot.com, unbelievable DFS website. We've been talking about them throughout the show. Uh, I mean, they're just a game changer within the industry. So, again, make sure to go out to draftpot.com, type in promo code ROTORANTS to get four free dollars at sign up. And right now we're going to be talking about the fan mode and the GM mode. The fan mode, you can draft any players you want, no sal- no salary restriction. And GM mode is your general salary restriction type setup. So, uh, Brayden, let's go with uh, some fan mode and GM mode plays. Why don't you give uh, our listeners two or three fan modes and two or three GM modes as well? All right, so I kind of wanted to start with the GM mode. I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm looking to target the Indians against Verlander. I am not a believer in Verlander yet. He just, I don't think he's going to be anything that we're used to from a couple years ago. The two I want to target for GM, Brandon Moss. He's four for 13 with a double, two home runs, and a 308 batting average against Verlander. And I also like Carlos Santana. He's 10 for 47 with a double and six home runs. They jump out at me as a GM play. On the flip side of that, I want to go with the fan mode. And uh, number one, Paul Goldschmidt. He's facing David Hale. I mean, he's only facing one time, but he had a home run. This game's at Coors. The air is heating up, and I would not be surprised if he goes yard at least one time. On there, Adam Jones. Nine for 32, three doubles, two home runs, and 11 RBIs against Clay Buckholtz. At Fenway, Buckholtz has been terrible this year. It's at Fenway. Make sure Adam Jones is in the lineup. He's been missing a couple games, but I think he. Sh- I think I read something that he'll be back Wednesday. And I got to go with Troy Tulowitzki. He's never faced Alan Webster before, but Webster has given up two home runs this season, and they're both to righties, a righty on righty, so a reverse splits guy. And this game is at Coors. And Tulowitzki is at Coors. I'm pretty excited for that. That is my fan mode and GM mode. What do you have, Max, that I have not said? Yeah, just just, uh, just to add to those plays, uh, in terms of the GM mode, where we're looking for cheaper plays, Michael Bourne's an interesting option. He's 13 for 15 with a 371 average against uh, Justin Verlander in his career, so that's an interesting one. Uh, going along as other players as well, a really interesting guy that I like is Brock Holt. Brock Holt is 4 for 8 with a triple against um, Bud Norris in his career. And not only that, Brock Holt has just been on fire. So far in June, he's batting 368 with seven doubles, three triples, a home run, 12 walks, and 14 runs. And in the last seven days, he's batting 462 with four doubles, three triples, and a home run. And he just hit for the cycle the other week. So I really like Brock Holt. Um, and now uh, another interesting one, his price has gone down, is Chris Davis. He's always got power against righties. Clay Buckles struggles against lefties he's going to be going 
They're going to be going against each other. And Chris Davis is 7 for 22 with two home runs, 318 average against him. So those are guys I really like for the GM mode. In terms of the uh, fan mode, two guys that I really want to look at are Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu, anyone who listens, you know I really believe in people who are due. And Jose Abreu is due to hit a home run. He hasn't hit one in a while. And he's going against Phil Hughes, who he's batting 412 against in his career. So I really like Jose Abreu, and just to add to that, I really like Jose Altuve as well. Coming back from injury, he's looking. He looked better yesterday. He ripped a nice um, double the other day, and he's four for seven with a double and a home run, batting five seventy one against Matt Shoemaker in his career. And he's always batting in the top three of the lineup. So I really like Jose Altuve. And those are my fan mode and GM mode options. And guys, again, make sure to go on to draftpot.com. Use promo code ROTORANTS to get four free dollars at sign-up. All right, that's it for today's show. Uh, Brayden, thank you as always for coming on and uh, doing this with me. And uh, can't wait to do it in just another few days. Thanks, Max. Good luck tonight in DFS. Everyone listening, good luck. I hope you take our advice, our picks, and just roll with it. Take that money, put it in there, get some picks, get some wins, and always, guys, Bring home that bacon every single night. All right. Good luck, guys, and uh, we'll see you in just a few days.